Life Church created this podcast because we all need healthy conversations with real people. So this podcast is here to help you start real conversations with your life group, friends, and family. Now, on to the show. Welcome to the You've Heard It Said podcast. This is Jason. And this is Allie. And Allie, today as we're recording, I keep hearing construction noises, which reminds me of today's big question. Okay, how so? Today's big question is, what are the foundational spiritual practices? Oh, that is a very big question. Yeah, so as I often do with our biggest big questions, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just wondering how would you answer it? When you look back at your faith and even the journey you've been on, what were some of those early practices that really set you up for the rest? When I think about when I first started following Jesus, there was so much that I just didn't know. And I remember feeling a little embarrassed by that or feeling like I was behind because everybody grew up learning these things. One of the first things that I did was be honest about that with people that I trusted. And they gave me permission to start with a kid's Bible and then being like, okay, I think I have enough context. Now I'm going to read like a Bible for grownups. I started reading it and then there was so much else that I didn't understand. And so it was going back to some of those same people and being like, what is happening here? (laughs) So this is actually our second episode into this season talking about spiritual practices. In the first episode, we defined a spiritual practice and it's any activity that helps bring our thoughts, feelings, motivations, and actions into alignment with Jesus's way of living. So today, that's what we're going to continue to do. We're going to continue to talk about spiritual practices, but especially those foundational ones. And first, we'll hear from Mike Lane. He's one of our life groups and life missions pastors. He's coming to us from Albany, New York, Go which Albany, I think is like yeah. really cool. And then we're going to hear from Renee Goble. She is working on the YouVersion Bible app. And there's something at the very end of her interview that you're going to love. Thank you so much for calling in all the way from Albany, New York to join us on the podcast today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. I'm so happy to be on the episode. So, Mike, I got to talk to you a few weeks ago about what it means to be followers of Jesus. And you had some really great insight into what it looks like to read the Bible. And so I was just wondering if you could share what your expectations were of God when you first started reading the Bible. I would say that the expectations I had when I first started reading the Bible was probably that every time I went there, I was going to have some dramatic encounter or revelation from God that was just going to be mind-altering and life-shifting. So it caused me to go in every time feeling like if I don't get this, then I didn't read what I was supposed to read or I didn't read long enough or something was off. So do you think that's true? Do you think that you really weren't getting things from your time in the scripture because you weren't having big revelations to share with people? Not at all. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. But to look back on it now, there was lots of things that I was learning. I think I probably oftentimes overlooked what those things were and just how impactful those truths that I was learning were because of the fact that I was just coming at it from just a partial perspective. I mean, there are times, obviously, that God reveals something really life-changing and impactful to us that we may share with others that has a similar effect. But if that's what we're always looking for, some massive epiphany, then we can oftentimes overlook the smaller things that can be equally as profound for our life. So when we talked a while back, 
you kind of told me what your life looks like now as you engage with scripture. And it sounds like the expectations that you were just describing are different than what it looks like today. Could you tell me a little bit about how it has changed? Yeah, absolutely. I think I have a greater understanding of just what scripture is designed for and a greater understanding of context. And I think now I approach scripture recognizing that the whole narrative of scripture is is revealing this uh, beautiful God that we get to have a relationship with and aspects of him and how he relates to humans, his creation. Specifically, I think of when I go into the life of Jesus and into the New Testament, I get to learn something about the nature of who God is and the way that he has designed this world and designed for human life to flourish. And there may be something really crazy profound in there, or it may just be a very small thing that I just didn't catch before. Sometimes it's just in those small pieces that I learned something about God and his character and his nature that's oftentimes counter to maybe what I had understood before. Sometimes for me, it feels like reading the Bible is more of a checkbox item instead of an opportunity to connect with God. Mm. Have you felt that? Oh, absolutely. I think when I go back to the earlier years of learning to follow Jesus, there was, I guess, at least a cognitive understanding that there was an opportunity to meet with God. But if I was really honest with myself, it was a box that I felt like I needed to check. One, because it's, oh, it's the right thing I'm supposed to do. I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to read the Bible every day. Box Boxes checked. And thankfully, since I checked that box, God is, he's happy with me. So I can rest easy for the rest of the day knowing that I did what I was supposed to do. So how would you present the Bible to a new believer or someone who may be unfamiliar with the Bible? The Bible has been given to us to reveal God's plan for creation. He's given us this beautiful text in order to learn about who he is, to see how patient he is with people. He doesn't force himself on anyone. He allows them to go about their process. And so if you're new to the scriptures, then I would want that person to be able to see, hey, there's something for me to learn about who God is throughout this entire narrative and not to get hung up in all the little pieces that may not totally make sense in the moment. Keep reading. It's one long narrative that all is woven together. It takes looking at it from a whole to really get the picture. And so having patience with yourself, having patience with the fact that like, it takes some time to get from Scripture what it was designed to give us and not mm -hmm. what we think it's supposed to give us. So I want to shift just a little bit because I also yeah. know, like we talked about, you're a life group, life missions pastor. And so I was wondering what you would say to life groups who want to try and explore scripture together. I would say start small. I would probably say start somewhere in the New Testament, especially if you have a mixed group of people who have maybe been following Jesus for a little while, some who are maybe brand new to it. Because to me, Jesus is the best place to start. I think obviously the Old Testament informs so much of what Jesus came and accomplished, and he fulfilled so much of what's there. But I think if we can start with looking and spending a good chunk of our time just looking at the life and teachings of Jesus, that we will find that there's a lot of life there for us. There's, there's a lot that we can take from that. And so for a, a life group, it would be starting with a, a gospel and just spending a long time there. Just take it slow. Maybe have a chapter a week with some great resources around reading that chapter that can help to inform what you're reading, your understanding of the author and the audience and the culture and all those things that help us to really pull everything from each chapter. What are some of the resources that you find yourself recommending? Uh, well, the first one that always comes to mind for me is Bible Project. Tim Mackey is incredible, and those resources are so well put together. 
And it doesn't matter whether it's a teenager or a 75-year-old. The content is captivating. The way that it's presented is so clear, and it can be as basic as you want it of just a quick overview of the book all the way into some of the new resources they have, like the classroom stuff, where you can really dive into theology and some of that too. And what's beautiful about Bible Project is that it's also integrated right into you version. What advice would you give someone who either struggles to read the Bible consistently or maybe brand new to it for the very first time? If we're talking about you version, again, I would say start small. Don't uh, overwhelm yourself. I think if you begin to take bite-sized pieces of the Bible and dive into that, over time, I think you'll see that the hunger for that in larger doses starts to happen. Even for me now, over a decade into following Jesus, the verse of the day is what I start my day with every day. There's a story on version of someone breaking that verse down. And while my brain is waking up and I'm trying to just enter into this new day, I will listen to that verse of the day. And sometimes that will take me into reading the chapter that verse is in. So what I'm hearing you say is start small, go slow, mm-hmm. and watch your hunger grow. Yeah, absolutely. That's That could be on a t-shirt. Okay, Renee, in a second, I want you to tell me about your really cool job. But first, I want to know why your dog is at work today. (laughs) My dog is at work today because he hopped into my bathtub and decided to eat a sugar scrub. Oh, no. Which is potentially toxic to dogs. Oh, no. So he has to now be monitored for the next 24 hours. So you've got him back in the office. Yep. Other people are watching him. Everything's yep. okay right now. Everything is fine. I think he's going to be okay. okay. It's just one of those things you have to do. Okay. And your dog's name? Charlie. Okay. He's a golden doodle. Oh, yes. The best. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have this really cool job with the Version Bible app. Tell me more about that. Yes. So my official title is Content Development Leader for you version. And basically what that means is I get to help create the spiritual formation content hmm. for you version. So if you've ever opened verse of the day stories and yep. used a reflection question or answer or the prayers that are in verse of the day stories, or if you've opened guided prayer and gone through that whole experience, or if you've read a you version original Bible plan, those are all things that I get to help create. How does it feel like when you think about the- There might be like a couple hundred million people praying this prayer that I wrote. Honestly, I try not to think about it (laughs) because that's really overwhelming. And I think at the end of the day, it's about the one person. Mm -hmm. And yes, there are millions of one persons out there. That was terrible grammar. Don't tell anybody. But I try not to think about the numbers and more about just, wow, God, you're using these prayers to like impact people. And my life is one of them. And Mm -hmm. what a beautiful thing that you've taken things that I have gone through and allowed me to craft prayers about it that you are using to touch other people. So you're trying to think about how can I write a prayer that would help one person Mm -hmm. connect with God? What goes into that? Like, how do you create that kind of prayer. Because really, like one of the things we're talking about in this season is how do we pray? And you are in a very interesting way 
answering that question, how do we pray? So so what goes into thinking when you write that? Yeah, honestly, a lot of it, and I think it comes from a background of just growing up talking to God a lot. And so I think now when I go to write these prayers, what I'm essentially doing is I'm first praying, God, what is it that you want to say? Hmm. What are the needs of the people who are going to be reading this? Hmm. What are the themes of these verses that you really want me to focus on? And then I just try and create some space Mm -hmm. and listen and maybe reread the verse. And then I just go for it. And I just free flow, start to write. Mm -hmm. And essentially what I'm writing is, is my own prayer, but it's also at the same time, not just my prayer. It's also the prayer that I feel like God has placed on my heart for our community. Okay. So what I hear you saying is that there is some pausing where you're just reflecting on what's going on around me. What do people need? What do I need? That there's engagement with Scripture, with these words that we have written down for all of time, that there is some time where you're really just listening Um, to both what is Scripture saying, but also what is life? What are people saying and needing around me? Yeah. And then what you write is really your prayer. Is that also like what prayer looks like for you just on a random Tuesday when you find out that your dog just ate something? (laughs) Or what does prayer look like for you when you're not praying on behalf of all these people? Yeah. I think nowadays prayer isn't something that I necessarily consciously think about a lot. Okay. Because— I find myself praying all throughout my day. So when I wake up in the morning, I do try to consciously just pray. And the way we define it at YouVersion is prayer is simply having honest conversations with God. Okay. And so the way I look at it is when I wake up in the morning, it's an opportunity to have an honest conversation with God. Okay, God, it's a great new day. Thanks. I'm alive. What do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to impact? How can I love people the way that you love people? How can I stay focused on things that matter to you? And then just habitually having those sorts of conversations, asking those sorts of questions. And so just like you would talk to a good friend and just be like, hey, our kid is sick. Like in that sense, like I I get to just go to God and be like, hey, my dog, Charlie, ate something. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Please help. I don't know what to do. And it can just be quick conversations like that. But it helps me just realign my heart and my perspective and also invite God into that perspective. So that way he can either give me peace or reassurance or wisdom or whatever it is I need. But even if I don't necessarily feel those things, I still get the reassurance of God is near and he's with me, even if I don't feel him and I get to talk to him. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm listening as you're talking and it seems like in the way that you're describing prayer, there's two things that stood out to me. One is that it It's not something that you now think a ton about to start doing it. I want to get into that. And then the other thing I heard that was interesting is that like a lot of what's happening when you pray is ways that you are being realigned, ways that Mm. you are being changed or that your perspective is being added to with wisdom or grace or other things that God might give you. So I want to hear more first about the fact that prayer is no longer something you have to have a lot of conscious thought to start doing. Mm -hmm. How did you get to that point? Because I think that sounds great to everybody, but if I'm sitting here and and I do have to think about it, and even when I do think about it, I don't do it, like how do I get to the point where I don't have to put so much thought into it? I think it means going through a lot of really uncomfortable moments where you choose to talk to God even when you don't feel like it, even when you don't want to. 
And I think for me, the first time I remember ever feeling that way was when I was nine. (laughs) And up until that point in time, I knew how to pray. But I think prayer was just something that I did because I was supposed to do it. Yeah. And when I was nine years old, my dad lost his job. He was the sole provider for our family. And 14 months went by without any sort of work. And when you're nine years old, you don't really think about the implications of that. But I remember 14 months later sitting in a Sunday school class and my Sunday school teacher was talking about prayer and the power of prayer. And I was really skeptical. And I think I was being a little bit cheeky and a little bit sassy. And so he said, let's put it to the test then. Your dad still doesn't have a job. Let's pray for your dad. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this group of fourth and fifth graders, this tiny group just started praying. And the very next day, my dad got offered a job. And then three days later, he got offered another job after 14 months of just dead silence. Mm. And I think that was the first time it really hit me of just, God hears me. He hears all of us. He cares about nine-year-old me. Yeah. And I think that really started catapulting this desire within me to just start having regular talks with God about anything that was going on in my life because I knew that he was listening. So that's such a beautiful story. You know, he's got these young kids that are praying big, bold prayers and it happens. Mm -hmm. But I'm wondering, do you have times in your life where you prayed and you didn't get what you were asking for? (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, I just moved to Oklahoma City and they found a tumor in my head. And they were like, okay, we need to have this removed. You know, it's impacting your body. It's going to impact your immune system, your vision. So I had surgery. I had it removed. It was super successful. And so the prayers for that were answered. And so I had this expectation of these prayers have been answered. So all of my prayers for healing, God is going to answer them. Okay. And he's going to answer them now. But three years have gone by. And to be honest with you, like my body, I am immunocompromised. So there was for the first year and a half, there was a lot of wrestling, a lot of just grief and a lot of frustration because I knew that God could heal me. Yeah. I knew that he could take all of this away, but he didn't. Yeah. And so I had to really wrestle with, okay, God, I know you can, but even if you don't, how am I going to respond to that? Yeah. Am I still going to choose to believe that you are good, that you are sovereign, that you have my best interests in mind, even when it doesn't seem to be aligning with my time frame? Yeah. So you didn't get exactly what you asked for. Mm -hmm. What did you get? At first, I got a lot of wrestling, a lot of wrestling with God. And I actually think that's a good thing. Okay, tell me about that. Well, I mean, you look at Jacob in the Bible who wrestles with God. And at the end, God strikes him, but then he also blesses him. You look at Jesus who suffered on our behalf. And it's Mm. the scriptures say that it's for the joy that was set before him that he endured the cross. And in James, it talks about how we are to count it all joy when we encounter struggles of various kinds. Well, I think wrestling is a struggle, but it allows us to further identify with Christ and the suffering that he went through. Hmm. So wrestling with God actually helps further align our hearts with God. And it deepens our intimacy with him because even we things don't change we are the ones being changed. And it allows us as we wrestle with the pain, as we wrestle with the grief or the suffering, 
it actually means that we're processing what it is we're going through. We're processing our unanswered prayers. We're processing our frustrations. Mm -hmm. And when we process those things with God, when we wrestle with God about those things, we're actually creating space for God's joy to come into the midst of our suffering. Hmm. Because if we don't process those things, it just bubbles. So I just heard you mention like Jacob and Jesus. You quoted James. Now we're like doing hopscotch around the Bible here. You were talking about how suffering you know, can produce a good result and how we can identify with Jesus. I see all of these connections between understanding what prayer is, how to do it, how it works, and also having an awareness of what's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what the connection is, but I'm curious to hear what you think because you work with the Bible and prayer a lot. What is the connection between Scripture and prayer? I think, again, Scripture tells us, Jesus says that if you ask for anything according to my will, I will mm-hmm. hear you. And how do we understand God's will? By going to Scripture because Scripture is God-breathed. Scripture is truth. And so if we're going to take God at his word, then we need to believe that his word reveals his will to us. And so if we want to have a better understanding of what aligns with God's will, so that way we can ask things that are in accordance to his will, we need to study scripture to understand God's heart. Because scripture profoundly reveals the big picture and God's heart for mankind. Hmm. It's this beautiful love story of God towards us. And so as you study scripture, his love, his character, his divine power and omnipotence become completely clear. And I think as you study scripture, it gives you a bigger understanding of, wow, this is the God I get to pray to Hmm. because Jesus made a way for us to pray to him whenever we want to. Yeah, And so that's it. That's a blessing and a gift. Mm. And it also allows us to then test the things that we're hearing in response and say, hey, are these things aligning with Scripture? Because this is how God has revealed Himself to people for generations. So are the things that I'm hearing that I feel like God is telling me to do, are they in line with what Scripture is saying is true? And so as we are praying and as we are studying Scripture, it's this symbiotic process where we start to want the things that he wants because we're immersing ourselves in him. Yeah. I'm oversimplifying it, but if I wanted to like start some kind of, you know, text conversation with a new friend, but I literally did not understand their language or how they use certain emojis, then the conversation might be okay. Yeah. But if there was like, some way to know all of that, I could have a a more rich and beautiful conversation. Exactly. So, Renee, we are doing this entire season about spiritual practices. And so prayer is one of those we've been talking about a lot today. Mm -hmm. Why do you think we call prayer practice? I think prayer is a practice because it's not something that comes naturally. If you want to grow a friendship. You have to intentionally have conversations with them or go out to coffee or do things together. You just can't wake up one morning and be best friends. And it's the same with God. Like we are saved by God, but we have to practice getting to know him better. So I think prayer is a practice because it takes continual commitment. Okay, let's get super practical. 
So I have a feeling like with you being the content person mm-hmm. for you version that you probably like a good like blog post with a list. Love a good blog post with a list. Okay, I'm going to have you write one right now. Love it. Okay, so here's the blog post. It's here are five practical things you can start doing right now to include prayer and scripture. This is a very long title. To start loving your practice of prayer and scripture. Okay, five things. Get accountability because you are more likely to succeed when doing something together then you will be alone. Okay. Set a timer and just commit to showing up for 15 minutes at a time that works for you and commit to just reading a passage of scripture and then praying about that passage. I like that. Number okay. three. Start small. Okay. It's so easy, I think, especially when it comes to practices like prayer and scripture to want to go big or not do it at all. Pick a psalm. Pick a Psalm 23, which is six verses, and just start there. I feel like someone could pray that for a year. Yes. And just read it and then pray through it. The Psalms are a great place to go to if you want to get inspiration. Give yourself grace. Hmm. You are going to mess up. And by mess up, I mean you're not going to meet the expectations and standards that you have set for yourself. Hmm. But God gives you so much grace. God's just happy that you decided to say, hey, Like, he loves you. He died for you. He is so excited that you are committing to this. So give yourself the grace, but choose to keep showing up. And then five, I would say five is find a book or a podcast or something about the topic that you are interested in and just start reading it. Get advice from other people, essentially. I think starting with community and then ending with wisdom from other people is a really great way to encapsulate setting yourself up for success when it comes to praying and studying scripture and making those things a habit. That's awesome. So every good blog post has like a button at the bottom and it links you to like something that Mm -hmm. you can do that's going to help you start. So what does the button say and what does it link to? I think the button would say just do it. I think it would link to Psalm 23, and then it would have three questions. In the in the Bible app. In the Bible, obviously. <laughs> and then the questions would be, what is this passage revealing to you about God? What is God revealing to you about yourself? And what is God revealing to you about other people? Hmm. Because those are three great starting questions that you can pray to get a deeper understanding of Scripture, but also see how it applies to your life. So before we wrap up this episode, we're going to take time to practice a guided prayer together. This style of prayer is based off a traditional practice called Lectio Divina. I've been using an app for this called Lectio 365, and I'll be borrowing some of the ways they model daily prayer. Lectio 365 simplifies the practice into four ways of interacting with God. Pausing, reflecting, asking, and yielding. If you're somewhere where you can sit, close your eyes and pause we encourage you to do so. And if you're not, that's totally okay too. We'll start by pausing, choosing to be still as we focus our minds on God. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would be with us. We thank you for the ways you've already shown up in our lives today, and we're grateful that you're not done yet. Please meet us in this time of reflection. Open our hearts, minds, and ears to hear what you have for us. 
Let's read Psalm 51, 10 through 12. Listen for any words or phrases that God might be using to speak to you. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. This Psalm comes from David, who's known as the man after God's own heart. But he writes this Psalm after he's really messed up. This Psalm is David turning back to God, apologizing for the wrongs and asking God to do what only God can do. He's asking for forgiveness. He's asking for joy. And he's asking God to meet him right where he's at in the middle of a really big mess. And God, in his perfect faithfulness, does that. He meets David and he restores him. Let's read the scripture again. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. So now, as you consider this scripture, ask God what he has for you. What word or phrase stood out to you? Do you see yourself in David's shoes asking for the Lord to create a clean heart in you? Or maybe you want the Lord to renew your joy, the joy that comes from who he is. That's okay, you can ask him for that. We'll finish this time by yielding or surrendering the rest of our day to God. Heavenly Father, thank you for moving in our lives. Show us where we need to turn back to you, where we've tried to control outcomes in our own strength instead of bringing our circumstances to you. Would you please create clean hearts in us? Restore the joy of your salvation to us. Remind us that you are near, that you are kind, and that you care deeply for us, more than we could ever know or begin to imagine. Be with us throughout the rest of our day. We give it all to you, trusting that you're working all things together for your good. In Jesus' name, amen. Allie, I think it's fun that Renee's blog post that she made up there at the end included really similar things to what you said at the beginning of the episode mm-hmm. when I asked you, like, what were some of those foundational pieces? She said first accountability. Mm -hmm. And so in that, I see like friendship, relationship, getting together with other people who are following Jesus. And that Mm -hmm. could be as simple as just showing up at church or serving. Mm -hmm. Um, Those are really great ways to get to know people, but also it's middle of your week. It's connecting through a text or it's getting together for a meal. But yeah, I think that's really important. And then really just starting small, starting where you are, Uh, That was meaningful to me because I think there might be people listening who are like me and you're somewhere in the middle of your faith journey Mm. and you need to like still do something small to get back into it. So that's what I would encourage people with is small can be a great way to restart as well. Mm. Yeah. And I really like that because it connects to what Mike was talking about when he was talking about reading scripture of just start small, go slow 
and watch your hunger grow. And I think it really applies whether it's your first time really reading scripture or if you've read it so much where it kind of starts becoming a little bit numbing. And so then you can go back to it and think, okay, let me actually read this slowly and read with the intention of like, what is God trying to reveal to me in this moment? And so I love that there are so many different tools that we even have available to us where we can look at these trusted sources and see things like version. And there's so many Bible plans from different people that give you a good framework on where to start or Bible project is one of my favorites. I feel like every time I hear from them, I'm always like, I've never thought about it that way. <laughs> yep. It's so good. It's like the children's Bible for adults. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's so like entertaining and uh-huh. story driven and just really good. Yeah. What are some of your favorites? So something that's actually really helped me engage a lot more in scripture and prayer is the Lectio 365 app that we actually mentioned on this episode. It's very simple. Each day, it's maybe 10 minutes in the morning. And if you want, you can do it again in the evening. It walks you through a guided prayer where there's scripture, there's time for reflection, meditation, and even really a time that's for like open, like listening to what God might be saying to you. And it just gives me a model for it. It's real easy to sit there like in my chair in the morning while my kids are going crazy or maybe even listen in the car. And that's been helpful for recreating a habit Mm. for me. So Allie, one of the things that we talked about when we were preparing for this was what is like advice that you would give yourself um, if you could talk to yourself when you were <laughs> earlier in your faith journey? And I think some of it would just be, it's okay that you don't know things. Yeah. And the point is just to get to know Jesus more, not to go on some quest to learn all the knowledge about faith. Yeah. Because I think at the beginning, I really thought it was, I'm going to catch up and learn everything possible that I could learn. And it's like, no, I just want to become a little bit more like Jesus today than I was yesterday. Yeah. And when I have that framework in mind, there's a lot more grace and there's a lot more fun and it's just a lot more enjoyable and sustainable. Yep. Mine is similar and it's actually something I've been telling myself lately. And that is that following Jesus takes literally forever. Yes. (laughs) Like, I mean, like Jesus wants your whole life, you know, like Mm -hmm. all the small parts, the daily things, the moments, what you're thinking about, what you're imagining. But he also wants your whole entire life life, like like the whole thing forever. We call it eternal life. Jesus wants all of it. And so if I can't get a new practice to work out like in a week or even a month or honestly, even in a year, that is so small compared to my whole entire eternal life. Mm, yeah. I'm so glad you shared that because I think it's easy to hear some of these and be like, I need to be perfect at all of these. Right. No, just have some grace for yourself. It takes time. Yep. And the point is not to do it perfectly. The point is just to get to know Jesus more. So one really simple thing that you can start doing this week to build a habit is praying scripture. Yeah. And so one of my favorite scriptures to pray, Renee mentioned this one too, is Psalm 23. Mm -hmm. And this is NIV. And I love this one so much. It's actually like on my house, like on this leather (laughs) banner. So I'm going to read it. And then as you go throughout this week, just read it and then pray like whatever God reveals to you. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. 
Surely your goodness and love will follow me mm-hmm. all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's so good. So yeah, just read that scripture and then pray what comes to your mind. And I know that your heavenly Father will love to hear from you. So here's what you can do next. Think about some of the ways that you're currently engaging with God, and then think, how can reading the Bible and prayer help you get even just a little bit more close to Him? And go ahead and talk about that with your friends, your family, and your life group, and we just hope you have a really great week. Hey, this is Jason. Did you go to school, like elementary school? Uh, Did you ever get a gold star for something, or did you end up on the good chart? There is a way that you can put us on the good chart. Leave a review in iTunes. Thank you so much and have a great week.